Previously on Real Men, Real Talk Live. Teach people how to treat us. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Um, if we just accept these old agreements uh, and we get bitter and salty about it and don't, you know, advocate for ourselves or state our needs or, and renegotiate these agreements in our lives, then, yeah, they're going to treat us the same way they've been used to treating us. And as we change, evolve and grow and, you know, all of this comes from being on a self-healing journey being on the path you're gonna bump into this it's gonna happen you're going the contracts and the agreements that you had before will expire and it's okay to sit at the table and say i love you enough to renegotiate this how are we showing up for ourselves how are we not showing up for ourselves? This this really struck me this morning. I was I had a, a rare morning off. I was in a wilderness by myself and really tapped into the truth, which for for me at least, my truth was is that I had a pretty lousy agreement with myself. I was abusing myself on all levels, the emotional, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual level in my life for most of my life and eventually it caught up and today I make different choices for myself that are much healthier but what makes it challenging is when you become that conscious observer and you pay attention to how other people are showing up not to judge them but you just you're paying attention you're looking you're watching you're listening and I see so much pain Viewers, my name is Jay Rothman. I am the host of the show. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk, live! Welcome back this evening uh, in the USA. It is Thursday night. We're here this evening for episode 173. The topic is going to be from grief to relief. Just a quick moment here to introduce my co-host. We have Evis coming in from uh, Australia. We have Jay Riddy coming in from SoCal. And, of course, we have Jeff Asano back in the studio after a couple of weeks off uh, coming in from Nashville. It's been some time, maybe six or seven weeks since the Fab Four, all four of us, I've been in the same studio together. Welcome mm -hmm. back, my brothers. Uh, how does it feel to be back uh, in the studio with uh, all four of us tonight? It's like riding a bike. <laughs> it's been too long. <laughs> been too yeah. long. Yeah. Really? But you know what? It's one of those things where it's, it's uh, uh, even though, man, Josh, I haven't seen you in a couple of months. Right? We've been but, missing each other. But it's like I saw you yesterday. Yep. Hearts are connected yeah. in this beautiful space. Ready to light them up tonight. Mm. Same problems. 
So uh, for tonight's episode, uh, as we uh, uh, wait for a few moments here for our viewers to join us this evening, uh, viewers, if you should hear something that you like or love or that is, uh, means uh, a profound new understanding or clarity for you, we invite you to share it out with your friends and family. Perhaps uh, there's someone in your life that is struggling or is, uh, is not at peace with perhaps a loss in their life, a grieving process of someone has transitioned out of their life either because they've crossed over to the other side or because you or them have crossed over within this same, uh, within this same lifetime, meaning you're deciding to detach from each other in some level. But tonight's episode, I want to invite you, Ev, since you're on the top shelf with me, kick us off, light us up, get us hot, and uh, get us going on tonight's episode 173. Ooh, here we go again, brothers. <laughs> going in deep. Uh, as always, thank you from the land down under. Uh, excited to be all the brothers back in town. But we're going to go in a little bit deep again tonight. And look, it's one of those topics I don't think you know we can talk enough about. And uh, funnily enough, um, what I was talking about, I did a quick pre-live video this morning in regards to grief. And uh, this time last weekend in the land down under, it's quite a sporting weekend. And, um, you know, there's quite a, a lot of emotion that is thrown into sport here in the land down under. And both of the games that were played on the weekend, there was no doubt I could feel that there would have been a bit of grief from that particular team or those fans of that team that may have had a loss. Now, that's on a very superficial surface level when we think about what really grief is. But underlying all of this grief within our life, like I mentioned, is the reaction to something that has been lost from our life. Now, we can think, you know, we lose many things uh, over our life cycle, whether it is a beloved, which really is, you know, at the center of a lot of a grief uh, in people's life. It could be even the grief, we could be have a loss of a job, could even be the grief of your health. You know, you may not be even looking after yourself. Could even be the grief or the loss of the person that you once were. You know, for me, being able to really understand and understand the emotions and the feelings behind grief has really been part of my journey, being able to, you know, become much more aware of what those emotions that I was able to identify with grief, with the loss of people, and you know, with the uh, loss of the person who I've become today, but really not so much overcoming the griefs within my life. It was more about the acceptance of what grief was. Mm -hmm. You know, when I started to really dig into the steps as I've now come to learn about grief within my life, it made much more sense. It made it much more clearer because when I was swimming in grief, I was in the past, man. I wasn't present. I was reliving, not reliefing, memories from the past. So what I had to do was start to at least start accepting what grief was and what it looked like within my life. When I was identifying those emotions, thoughts and feelings that were attached to those stories, it allowed me to move through the feelings that were in the underlying within the grief. You know, I was going through a shitload of anger. That was always my defense mechanism. It was always protecting the sadness. It was always protecting the loneliness underneath the grief. And there was times within my life, man, where I did go into those depressive states and I would naturally isolate myself. 
So, I mean, this is a deep subject. And, you know, tonight, I know the brothers are going to share a little bit more, particularly about, you know, their personal stories and what may be currently happening within their life. But I ask you, my brothers and sisters, if there's some sort of grief within your life right now, I want you to ask yourself, what have been some of the emotions and feelings that you're feeling currently today that you've also felt within the past? I just want you to sit on that question as I now invite one of our other brothers to come in and talk. Mm. Beautiful, Ev. Mm. Thank you, my friend. There's several parts in there I want to touch on, but go ahead, Jeff. Well, um, I've experienced um, something, wow, just a week and a half ago, um, a friend of mine passing away uh, who actually was living in the basement apartment downstairs. And uh, I've never really experienced anything like this. Uh, he was here one day and he was gone the next day. And it was a lot of a lot of stuff that surrounded it, but it's been uh, I've I've lost friends in my life. I've lost, you know, two parents who passed away. This was very different on on so many uh, levels. It it actually has begun to ask myself about life and being and living now. Um, I went through many feelings and I, I allowed myself just to feel and anything that came up and I would think about things and he would come to mind and I thought about his life and what I experienced with him and the relationship that we were having. Um, and I still go through it a little bit there, you know, I reminisce, uh, I've moved through a lot of the uh, initial stages of grief, which is all of the feelings rushing to the surface um, and thinking about the relationship. And now I'm, as I've moved through it, um, I think about his life and my experience and the relationship he had. And what, what I'm really coming to right now is what is my, my life right now in this world? I just experienced a person who uh, came to the end of his soul's journey in this lifetime, transitioned into the next part of that soul's journey. And I thought about life and with the life that I'm living right now and what's happening in my life and where am I pigeonholing myself in aspects of my life. And I've realized that I'm 65 years old, he was 73, that you never know. You never know what's next. You never will know what's gonna to happen tomorrow. Like I said, we were out one night at a show about on a Saturday night. The next day he transitions. The next day he was gone. So you never know what life's gonna bring us. The question that has been coming up for me that I'm going to ask everyone out there, do you say no more than you say yes to life? And what are you saying no to? What I've realized through mm -hmm. this is now saying yes to life. Living life to the fullest that I can and experience so much more than I've experienced in this life that raises my resonance and vibration. 
asking myself, why isn't that in my life? What would I want in my life? It's really, as opposed to looking at it as death, I'm now choosing to look at life and expanding my life. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what, uh, what are you saying yes to, Jeff? Or what has what has shifted? Have you noticed any specifics? Um, what has shifted? What is, what has taught me is that the it's it's more acutely uh, made me define or got me to define the relationships that I want in my life. Relationships mm. that raise my resonance of vibration. People who are saying yes to life. People who are living life. Hmm. people who are enjoying life and really move out there. And, and it's gotten me to like put all of those old habits, behaviors, rituals, the wounds of the child, like so far behind me hmm. now that it's like, Whoa, you know what? One day you're here, one day you're not. There you go. There you go. And just saying yes to things that pop up in my life and looking at opportunities. Yeah, beautiful, love that. Josh, what are you making of all this uh, from grief to relief? How, uh, where, where are you at in this process uh, in, in your relationship with, uh, let's say a, a change in a relationship? It could be one where there's a transition. It could be one where they haven't necessarily passed on, but perhaps you're choosing to. It's funny, we picked the, we picked the topic on Tuesday and uh, I guess I've been somewhat avoiding the amount of grief that's in my life right now. And uh, it's been present since our, actually, sorry, we picked the topic last night. Um, yeah. After thinking about the last 24 hours, I was like, wow, I've got a lot of grief uh, going on. And, you know, my, Mother's undergoing cancer treatments, and I've had to face mm. uh, the possibility that, um, you know, it, it, things are going well, hopefully, but I, it, for the first time, faced her mortality and the guilt that comes up with that, the, t the things I didn't do, Jeff, like you were saying, the things I said no to or didn't go out and, and see her enough or call her enough, and um, sitting with that and sitting with, um, a lot of things. Uh, there's another big source of grief in my life. And then also, too, I've been changing all of my agreements um, and my relationship uh, also with self. And so, Ev, in your opener, when you talked about death of an old self, um, that really hit me, man. Um, I think that's what I'm going through right now as well. And so not, not only do I have... Uh, you know, several, a couple big sources of grief in, outside of myself. But I think, um, yeah, I don't, I don't do things the same. I find myself not able to use the same excuses. Um, and I'm parenting myself more and talking my, my way out of, you know, unhealthy habits. Um, and being reasonable with myself and listening to myself, standing up for myself. And that's caused a lot of 
challenges in a lot of different relationships in my lives in my life and sort of grieving all, all around. It's I feel like I'm navigating this minefield of grief whereas as so much is shifting right now um, that um, there's a lot of unfamiliar uh, and in good ways too. Uh, all the stuff I've done within myself and then renegotiating those contracts and agreements like we talked about last week. But um, I don't think I had honored the grief that comes with all of this. Um, so Ev, yeah, you, for me, you nailed it in the opener, death of an old self. You know, we, uh, mm. we, we tend to, um, mm. really focus on the traditional death of a relationship, which is when someone passes on, but yeah, I totally agree as far as, uh, the death of this, of our old self. If in fact we are, if in fact, we allow ourselves to, 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 to die. Some people uh, believe that uh, a plant medicine journey can kill the ego, which is, can be considered a death of an ego, a death of a self. Um, I experienced not that for myself, but also for me, it was more about um, the death of who I once was and embracing, um, finding my way home to the best, the best part of myself, the authentic part of myself, the true essence of who I am. But what I really wanted to go here right now is is also um, one of the reasons I was at peace with this topic that we landed on was because just in the last week, I have uh, been on the sidelines watching and witnessing three individuals in my circle of life that have experienced um, the death of a loved one. One is a, a sister. One is a parent. And then, of course, there's, there's Jeff, um, who had a friend and happened to be a housemate. And it's just interesting to uh, to really witness mm. how each individual has embraced this moment, and at least what appears uh, to be in in a in, in a, on a on the external, as I've witnessed a very healthy relationship with acceptance of the uh, the death of an individual on planet Earth. But what I'm also finding is is that there seems to be some peace. There seems to be acceptance that I'm witnessing uh, doesn't mean that we don't miss our loved ones. But what I'm witnessing as a conscious observer is that each one of these individuals is really looking at not seeing it as a significant uh, loss within themselves as much as really, um, really honoring the life that that individual had or the, um, the impact it had on their life. But there's also another component around, let's say, a, a transition of a parent. If a parent has been suffering uh, leading up to a death, if it wasn't uh, a sudden, uh, let's say, transition, but one that was an illness that, that took some time, um, and or even if they didn't necessarily pass on from the illness, they they passed on uh, perhaps an illness like Alzheimer's, where they where we've where where we've lost the window to ourselves but then they transition from a heart attack or a stroke or cancer or some other, uh, some other disease. There is something to be said for acceptance that that individual could be a parent or a friend or partner is out of pain. And, and there is something very profound about that is the acceptance that for the first time and perhaps sometime they are free, they are free to rest in peace 
And I do believe that part of our loved one being able to rest in peace is them knowing that we are at peace with their transition. If we are suffering, if we are struggling, if we are receiving the death of a loved one or a friend or you know anyone in our life, feeling, feeling like it's a massive loss and there's such a void um, and we're struggling and we're suffering, I personally um, live in my truth of that. They're not able to rest in peace because they, they could see on the other side that we're struggling and we're suffering. And so what I do want to say, uh, I've changed my own relationship with the grief process uh, of someone passing on. And I will say this uh, for the record, if today is in fact the last day of my life, um, don't mourn the loss of me. Celebrate. Celebrate the man I became. Celebrate what I brought forward, being of service to others, and and and, and honor that and celebrate that. Um, if today is the last day of my life, I'm at peace with where I'm at today in my life. No need to uh, to mourn it. Just celebrate it. Celebrate that uh, if I've touched your life in some way and it brought you some peace within your own heart and soul, that's really what it's about today, isn't it? Isn't it? Shouldn't it really be about how we impact not only our life, but how we impact other people's life, even if we just meet them? in a spontaneous meetup, and something that we may say that drops in. What do you make of all uh, of what I'm sharing here, Ab? Mm. Yeah, my brother. Um, let's just say that you're going nowhere at this stage, my friend. <laughs> we don't want you to go anywhere, my friend. But, um, nope. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you've found that relationship, obviously, with the death and, and rebirth cycle and, you know, Many cultures, ancient cultures, they actually lived to die. They lived to move on to the next dimension, frequency, realm, whatever you want to call it. So we've changed our relationship with the whole death and rebirth cycle. And it is one of those things in life. And what you talk about, which is really important, which I started to learn, um, which um, a lady by the name of Karen Korbsler or something like that, started to coin the steps of, you know, the grieving process where, you know, one of those last steps, and it wasn't supposed to be in any particular order because we go in and out of these steps and some people mm -hmm. may not even experience all five. But one of those steps that you're talking about most importantly is obviously the acceptance and the acceptance comes in with the acceptance that, you know what, I am building a new life here. The previous one has now changed and there's a part of our brain that just doesn't want that to happen and there's a part of our mind that just does not want that to happen now when i start to talk about the emotional side behind grief i think it's something that we we've all got to really take in and really learn very quickly because i say it show after show after show my brothers and sisters we are not our emotions. They are our teachers. They help us learn and experience this physical life, but they should not control us. And what I see with a lot of people that can go in the grieving process, they find it hard to come out of. Now, I respect everyone that's going for grief. Like I said, I've been through it many times before. 
but it is something that we shouldn't swim in forever. Because when we're in it and we haven't been able to accept the grieving process, we actually live our life like it was yesterday. We're not open for the changes that come into this new life and the acceptance that I'm talking about when you're building it. So that's where we go into one of the steps of depression. And we sink into the depression and it's simply because we're depressing, depressing emotions and feelings into mm -hmm. the body. Mm -hmm. So we haven't been able to accept and be able to release and master, like I said, this art of letting go to this, this tension that we feel that life is all tangible, that it is physical. It's quite on the other side of that. This is simply that experience. But back on this topic of grief, when we learn those stages which I did to help me through the grieving process, it started to really help me get past one of those first stages of denial where I went into, you know, that denial stage of a loss because, you know, you start playing games and you start, you know, telling stories with your mind that, you know, you fall into these withdrawal states of denial. And it's only because the feelings and the emotions of grief have overwhelmed you. So, man, it's it's really important that we understand that nothing is permanent, Mr. Rothman. Mm. You know, the most important thing to do is to have your feelings. I mean, in li in life in general, mm -hmm. through anything you go to. But when you're when you're grieving, whatever you're grieving, um, allow every feeling that comes up it doesn't matter i mean i went through periods of anger and said things that i could even believe i said um uh whether it was to someone or not but you go th it's it's a roller coaster i mean life is a roller coaster emotionally anyway because of all the ups and downs ins and outs but like ev said we don't want to sink into the feelings we want to we don't want to indulge into the feelings what we want to do is allow the feelings, breathe into the feelings, have the feelings, open up a journal and start writing. I was, I was doing that as well. I would write things down. When I started to think of, 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 my, of my friend, I would um, allow myself to be in that place, whether it was pleasant or not. Think of things that we did together, or what we didn't do together. Um, and uh, just be with it. It's a roller coaster, and, and it's a it's a big time roller coaster at the beginning. As I've said, we want to allow the feelings to come up and be with the feelings, so the energy of the feelings can move. We spoke about this on so many levels in many shows. Allow the feelings to move. Allow the energy to move. When you're feeling angry, allow yourself to feel that. When you're feeling sad, allow yourself to feel that. Breathe through it. But be aware of when you're sinking or indulging into the feelings. And thus, when you, we're doing that, we don't, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're repressing and suppressing the energy of the feelings. Yeah. I want to take a moment here to uh, bring up Abigail uh, Engel. She says, uh, I was being told to get over myself within six weeks of my daughter's death. 
it was absurd that so many people had this expectation. Hmm. Um, I'm bringing this up here. Um, Josh, if you want to take a moment here to uh, just share some many insights on what you just expressed. Um, what do you make of this? I mean, it takes as long as it takes, right? Yeah. We, we can't rush emotions and we can't rush uh, our process. So um, to each their own. Right? But also know that that statement that people are saying to you is not about you and your process. It's about them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with what well, if somebody says, Oh, you know, come on, it's been a month, get over it already. Well, that has nothing to do with you. That has to do that's them. That's where they are. That's their process. You know, thank you for sharing, but I'm where I am. But once again, just be conscious and aware when you're sinking and indulging into the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. What do you make of yeah. that? What do you make of that, Ev? What's your perspective on mm-hmm. on friends or relatives that um, want you to hurry up the grieving process uh, because they're either concerned about you or they're just feeling uncomfortable because they're feeding off of that energy, that that energy of, of sadness. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, it's no one's business except your own. And I mean that very respectfully. But a lot of people, they like to put their hands in other people's cookie jars. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're happy to jump straight in, you know, when certain things come in. But like Jeff said, man, this is not about you. This is about them. And, you know, all of my work and all of my uh, sharings that I share with my clients and, and, you know, what I share it on here, it really comes back to the emotional well-being or state of being of someone. So when they jump in and they start to give you opinions like that, that's all it is. It's just an opinion. You know, it is important, like I said at the start, to embrace support that allows you to go at your time and your pace on the grieving process. But as I've mentioned as well, it's also important to understand how important it is to be alone. Now, why would I say that? Because then you are not being influenced by those external opinions or words from other people. They have no right to be saying anything of how long it takes. What they should be there doing is holding space. Mm -hmm. And when you can find that sort of support that has just the open ear, someone that can just listen, you know, it allows that safe space to start the healing process or, as I mentioned at the start, the acceptance progress of this grieving phase. But, you know, Jeff, you started to touch on something important. I think we can get straight into that because I know when I was going through certain grieving uh, earlier on in my uh, journey, I was going for bad coping mechanisms. Now... It's really important that we find very quickly, I think, on the grieving process, healthy coping mechanisms. Mine back then were the distractions. It was the alcohols, the drugs. It was anything outside of myself to dim me from feeling those emotions. But as Jeff mentioned, when I started to journal and when I started to go into my spiritual mm-hmm. spirituals, 
practices, it made more sense of the, my relationship that I had with grief and loss. So that's when I really opened up to the power of meditation or didiri as I call it. And as we always talk about the power of mother nature, hmm. you're never alone out there with her. So when you are going through uh, this grieving process, start implementing, you know, as soon as you can, after you've felt through some of these emotions, some of these coping strategies and mechanisms that allow you to continue this journey. Mm. I think that's key, Ev, uh, because we're going to cope one way or the other. Yeah. We, either we're going to turn up the power of our coping over to the egoic mind, who's going to always be looking for the shortcuts to not feel the pain, to numb out and avoid let's let's call it the deeper soulful uh, grieving process but we have another choice we show up as our higher self we allow our higher self making healthy choices for ourselves to to navigate through those moments through those 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 thoughts and those feelings of sadness and uh, the emptiness that may come with it if, if you've lived together and all of a sudden there's quiet in a space because mm. that individual is not there. Perhaps you were their caretaker if it was an elderly person in your home. Um, and so I, I, I love what you just shared, Ev. I think it's so critical to not um, allow yourself to be taken to that extreme to where you're, you're now abusing yourself on some level. But instead, you could still honor and go through a grieving process, but somewhat in a healthier way. Because a lot of the time when, when we feel that significant loss in our life as the adult, I do believe that the part of us that is really in a deep grieving process, it's the child within. It comes back to that one more time. <laughs> uh, especially if we as children were mentored or taught by our parents a grieving process that may not always be the healthiest way to go. So if we're showing up in a grief the way we were taught but by our ancestors, by our caretakers that really didn't, didn't have the tools, didn't have the knowledge, didn't have the, the wisdom uh, to embrace, then we're just, they, uh, they taught us that they are our mirror. And then we're showing up in a very self-sabotaging way. Mm. And again, I do believe that the, that individual that transitioned over to the other side wouldn't want to see us suffer. They'd want mm -hmm. to see us um, literally, I believe, uh, celebrate what they did, what they brought to us, what lessons, what, how did they, what did they teach us? How did they show up while they were here? And um, instead of to go into that dark, deep, that dark, deep, dense energy field, get busy, as Eva said, you know, get busy through extra self-care, listen to music, do the journaling, as Jeff mentioned, do some writing, tap mm -hmm. into uh, nature, tap into connecting with other people. And through that process, I believe that we can, in fact, um, not find ourselves distracting ourselves in, in ways that are going to harm us, mm -hmm. our own emotional, our own mental, our own physical, and our own spiritual well-being. Mm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, Jay. What say you, Josh? <laughs> Coming in as a student tonight. 
it's it's hard um being present with it uh you know I'm, I'm i'm doing what all of you guys are saying which is just being with it allowing feelings but um i have a really short fuse i find myself getting frustrated quickly mm -hmm. um it's I've, I've, i feel low level anxiety um mm -hmm. and then just deep sadness sometimes i walk I, I do laps around my kitchen island here in the evening sometimes because I don't know what to do with myself. So mm -hmm. um, it is an uncomfortable process. Not It's not going to kill you. You don't have to numb. I'm not leaning on any old tools like I <laughs> the, those ones that were my favorites. Um, so just allowing it to be, but it's also okay that it's uncomfortable. Mm. And... Uh, you know, you don't have to change it, but you also don't have to love it either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love myself through the process, but the feelings are a lot sometimes. Yeah. That's where I'm at. They are. You know, I found myself uh, at times getting angry at my friend for, for di mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. dying. Like, what? You know, and, and, on so many levels, I, I, I was, stuff was coming up inside of me the last week or so, which was great of, of a lot of unsaid things about the relationship. And I said them, uh, mm. a lot of, uh, feelings about the relationship that I had never experienced, but I realized there's an old saying death is for the living. What does that mean for you, Jeff? It's what we experience. The person who passes away, who has just come to the end of his soul's journey in this lifetime, you know, I, you, you, you live your soul's journey, you know? It's in your soul plan. And it's up. It's done. It's over. And whatever, whatever they, they've learned in this lifetime, they transition they move into the astral they hang out in the astral for a while and then see what's up and uh if that soul moves on to to the next phase that's that's really what's happening okay and now and it's for, for us it's for the it's for us the living that goes through the 3d human experience of it which triggers stuff inside of us because it triggered this triggered a lot of stuff that was there about it and i went oh wow this is triggering me right now he's moved on that soul's moved on it is floating out there and on a better on a on a path that it's on right now and and we're here experiencing what we're experiencing based upon that that person's transition in my case. So it's what the living is experiencing through the passing of another. Yeah, I get it. I have um, someone to take a moment is. here. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I wanna, I'm curious, Jeff, did you have any loose ends or unsaids or unspoken things or, and what do you do with those? 
Because um, yes, you can't go. Yeah. You can't go back. The answer is yes, yes, and yes, and yes again. The interesting part of this, and this is not really about the it's kind of the reason. There was uh, I've known him for uh, you know I know him for a long time, and um, and, and he was living. He came to Nashville, and he was somewhat on hard times, and he lived with me in my house here for for three months, and then the apartment became available downstairs, and he was living down there. And um, I've realized my a karmic connection, past life's connections with this with this person that brought up my caretaking stuff and how mm. I felt that I needed to take care of him. And that's my stuff. Once again, it's my stuff. So what I realized that that what was happening is is I would ask him to do to I I turned him on to so much in in my life because my life I you know I, I do a lot of things and. He was in the same field. He was a photographer, videographer. So I would introduce him to, to uh, people all the time and always asking him to go places with me. So I would open up Nashville to him, open up the world to him. And I, I would do that for anybody. But I realized that more than anybody in, in my life who I've helped, and I've helped a lot of people, I've helped him so much just because of this karmic connection or this past life connection of whatever the lesson is. And then I then a couple of things happened where um, he went places and told me about it. I go, wow, I wonder why he didn't ask me if that didn't interest me. And that triggered something inside of me and it bothered me. And then I realized, you know what? I, I need to um, redefine the relationship. I need to uh, put some cards on the table, speak my truth to him, talk to him about it. You know, I love him. He's a great guy. We're friends. We're going to have this relationship, but you know, you, you get to those points in relationships where there's shifts and changes and you're wondering. And instead of um, being passive aggressive about it, I said, you know what, I'm going to have to speak to him this week and just, you know, lovingly say, Hey dude, this is where I am. This is what's coming up for me. You know, what is this relationship we're having and all that good stuff? Well, I never got that chance because he passed away. Mm. And I had to do that on my own. I had to move through that on my own. And then you go, okay, what's the, what's the gift and what's the lef- lesson here? W- what am I here to learn through this? So I couldn't have that conversation with him. But the, And I don't look at that as a loose end. But I could look at what my behavior was in the relationship. That I can go, okay, what was that? What was I doing? You know, where it was there a balance of giving and receiving here? You know, like I said, I realized this karmic connection with him, which is definitely a past life connection uh, that I needed to take care of him. I don't even know where that came from, but I've been processing that as well. And then asking myself, okay, as I was doing that from the with no attachment, there was absolutely no attachment to me doing that because, you know, when I moved to Nashville. I did it all on my own. I was out meeting people on my own. How wonderful would it have been if I had somebody opening doors for, for me. So I was just passing that on to him of opening a lot of doors. Mm. And then some things came up and I went, okay, you know, it's time to have a conversation. And I chose to look at, okay, what is it within me and my relationship to myself? What was this relationship what do I realize? And one of the things that came up was 
the balance of giving and receiving in relationships. Hmm. I think every, every relationship is here to, uh, to be lessons for us. Every relationship we have, um, whether they're, they transition in a, in a way where they, there's a pivot. We are changing. We mm -hmm. go through seasons, whether, whether we're here or we have an unexpected death of a, of a relationship. Uh, there's always an opportunity to really look at it. And I think that's what the process is that, that Jeff is going through right now is the season of, um, really assessing his own life as a, as a man in his sixties. And, and I think we should always be looking at that. We should always be assessing, mm -hmm. are we at peace with where we're at? Are we at peace with where we're at in the most important relationship in our life, which is not with anybody else. It's with ourself. Mm -hmm. And when we find that, you know, there are some things that are not quite where we want them to be, then, then we have an, an opportunity. It's either an obstacle or an opportunity. And so many of us spend our life living in obstacles. And the obstacles are really self-induced there. It's the mindset. It's our mindset. We could go off, we could go off right now on a whole other angle in tonight's uh, episode here. But before we do go there, because I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that, Ev, because you're giving me a, a yes, yes, yes nod. But I do want to, I do want to uh, close this, this segment of tonight's show. We did touch on it uh, on a few ways, but I've changed my relationship with death and dying. It's very different than, than the home I grew up with it in because my home is a home with a religious uh, religion attached to it. My, my uh, personal relationship with death and dying today is very different. And why it's different is that I truly embrace that we have a soul contract. We have a birthday and we have an end date. And as much as we do everything we can do to extend our life, there's a power greater than ourselves that can see what we can't see. And I do believe that when my work is done, that will be done. And even some of these lives, Phil, are very short. Some of them are extremely long. Um, however, I do live in, at least for myself, this is my own, uh, my own what I call perspective or truth, which is that I'm in full acceptance that we all can't be here forever. We're not going to be. And so I, I do embrace the, the soul contract and the soul agreement that we have with God or divine source. And when that work is done, that will be done. And for me, that is a beautiful way to um, honor and accept when someone I care about uh, when their time is up. And so um, that's, that's how I have embraced death and dying today. Um, it doesn't matter who it is in my life. Um, I do believe that I'm at peace regardless. And even if it's a relationship that um, the relationship ends, but they haven't, let's say, passed over to the other side, at peace with that too is that relationships uh, also have soul contracts. And um, not every relationship is going to take us to the end of time, mm -hmm. to the end of our time. And being at peace with that and acceptance it, now, you hear me say this many times before. It's simple, not easy, because there's a part of us that may be angry. There's a part of us that, that is going to feel the pain. There's a part of us that's going to feel sad. There's a part of us that's going to be angry. But each time we face these emotions and these feelings that sometimes they feel like they're a 10-foot they're a swell coming off of a storm in the ocean. 
And it's like, is it ever going to end? And I do believe it can end when we change our mindset, when we accept that truth that I just shared. Mm. Um, Ev, what do you make of what I'm just sharing here tonight? There's so much in there, brother, that you've talked about. <laughs> so much. And, um, you know, it, it is. It's really honoring and accepting this death and rebirth cycle. But when we talk about, particularly when you're talking about, you know, the acceptance of, of that state of being within the mind side, why I really try to share a lot more stuff about meditation and deal with a lot of people is because, I mean, we could go outside right now. I could walk down to the, the grocery store all the more. And um, one thing I had to learn very quickly, you know, to, to really accept what we're talking about here tonight was, was I truly living out the life that I wanted to live? Mm -hmm. You know, there were certain career paths mm -hmm. that I took. I now look back on... Yeah, we reminisce and we, you know, we, we, we use that as a benchmarker to see where, where we've come to. But I truly have to ask myself now, was I truly doing what I wanted to do while I'm down here fulfilling this soul contract? No, I wasn't. But I had to be clear of what that was. And now I look back, these were just stepping stones. But what I'm getting at here, my brothers and sisters, is that we go through life and we may be alive. But my question is, my brothers, to you and sisters, are you actually living? I'll mm -hmm. say it again. There's many people out here that are alive, but they're not living. So what is death? What is living? What is life? What it's really trying to say to us is that once we create this connection and accept life for what it is, it allows us to move in an angle or a direction that we want to fulfill within this soul contract or soul purpose. Mm -hmm. Because I see it day after day, many people dragging their asses around. They hate their life. They hate themselves. To me, that's not living. That's mm -hmm. death right there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I've learned through this is, you know, um, how quickly can it change and end? And um, am I letting my wounded child run my life? Mm -hmm. Boom. There you go. Am I living through that wounding? One of the things that, that has happened with this is that, I'm opening my heart. And uh, one of the things I've done is I've written four or five pages of, of the new life that I'm, I, that mm. I am living nice. and really living, Beautiful. living it to the fullest. And then looking back, wow, you know, how did I, how did I, you know, this is the, the gift that, that, that this gentleman has given me is, is life. Boom. Simply, mm -hmm. it's life. I'm here. Am I going to let my wounded child run my life? Am I going to let um, wounding get in the way of, in, of living this life? I did. Of course I did. But not anymore. 
All right, Sonia, so you come yeah. to Sedona. Come to the Sedona for have some fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you into the wilderness, and we'll we'll go we'll go on the wild side, Pisano. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Talk is cheap. Action is where it's at, brother. Show hey, me man. the action. Show I've me got, the money. I've I've got so much going on in my life right now. Uh, so many wonderful freaking things oh. going on in my life right now that uh, <laughs> <laughs> believe me. What do you make of that, Jay Riddy? We're getting close to the hour here. We got about eight, eight minutes to go. Yeah, I think I feel, and I feel like we're just tapping into this. But I know. Well, it's beautiful, Jeff, and yes, uh, that's where I'm at in my life right now too, which is that um, you know I am in a new me, and there are a, a, lo a lot of levels of discomfort in that. And I was literally talking myself through something today. Uh, that I'm scared to do. Um, you know, it's, it, I'm pushing a big project right now and it's big and it's, I mean, it's really big and it's scary. And, but I'm not falling back into those old patterns of saying I can't, uh, and, or, and, or indulging in the thoughts of, of negativity. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm here to live. I'm here to do it all and to do it big and to not uh, hold back. And it pushes us into some new territory and uh, some uncomfortable places at times. But, uh, you know, uh, like you were saying, Jay and Ev, all of us tonight, it's, you know, what you do with those thoughts and feelings. And uh, we can catch those in the moment and reframe them too. And, uh, so yeah, but beautiful show tonight, you guys, I, I'm really grateful for all of your insights, uh, as I'm going through all this too. And so thank you for allowing me to be a student tonight and just yeah. listen. You're welcome. It was nice. It's, it's been good to have, uh, both you and, and Jeff back. Uh, have you have any uh, close? Well, you always have something to say. I don't say do you have any closing thoughts, but <laughs> you, you always have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, that, that was one of my uh, sole purpose and plans. Apparently, communication. So right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, you were given the, the a last, gift, exactly. <laughs> but the last thing I will say, my brothers and sisters, and you know, it's it's been a lifetime passion, and we. It's just we just touched on that, you know, the coping strategies of uh, being able to move through some of this grief. And that is really looking after your body, man. You know, if you are going through these times, make sure that you are looking out for your body in ways that allow you to move through this grief or loss. You know, ask yourself, are the foods that you're eating, are they full of love? Are they full of light? Do they give you confidence? Do they allow you to pursue your goals, dreams, and purpose? Ask yourself the people around, do they give you support? Do they give you that safe space? When you do go through these times and through the good times to allow you to pursue, as I said, this purpose, these dreams. And, you know, we didn't really touch on it, but I want to touch on it here, and I know we've done a show on it. But one of those steps when we go through a lot of this grief and loss is anger. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, there was a period in my life where I had to dim the anger, you know, settle down. You've got a hot head, Ev. Calm down. You're too angry. 
And that really shot me back into my shell as well. But when we understand and understand the movement and the energy of this emotion of anger, it is truly one of the first steps through grief that allows you to first initially be able to express with confidence and clarity your emotions. You know, many people treat anger like it's a bad thing. As long as you're not hurting yourself or those people around you, it allows you to move through things like grief and loss. So if you need to move, go out on country, go out in nature, move your body. Man, if you have to hit a bag, punch into that bag. Shake mm. this body and look after it. Because as we keep going through a lot of this purging on this planet, my brothers and sisters, you are going to experience many deaths. So allow yourself to feel through all of these emotions, but don't become them. And on mm. that note, my brothers and sisters, stay lit out there. Beautiful. 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 Jeff, um, you got a minute here. Is there anything you want to add to uh, your closing thoughts? Well, one of the things that I did, and I realized like the first couple of days, I hadn't moved. I haven't. I hadn't gone for a mm. swim. I hadn't hiked. I was, and I could feel um, all the feelings, and I could feel the energy getting stuck mm. within me, and and that happens. And um, I said, I need to get out. I need to get out and move, and do whatever I need to start to just move and. And the first thing that I said is, you know what? I need to be out in nature. I need to go hike and I need to have a brisk hike so I can move the energy. And as I was moving, you know, there was, you know, that not a lot of people around. So I would just breathe with sound and move and, and, and just close my eyes, be with all the feelings, because when we start to move, the energy starts to move. That's what exercise is all about. It's about yeah. moving energy. And we move that energy and then it just became, it's, it's, it becomes easier to move the energy of the feelings, to have your feelings as opposed to sitting on one's couch, having the feelings. So go out and move, but don't use it as a way to deflect what's happening. Utilize it as a way to process what's happening and have your feelings and move the energy. So what I did is I went and I, I felt that I was processing more of what was transpiring as I was moving than if I sat on my couch to think about processing what was happening. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I want to uh, put a pretty bow in the show and share my uh, closing thoughts is that um, I got solo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one, Ev. <laughs> yeah, I lost my train of thought for a moment there. Um, but I will say this, is that so many people, uh, especially that come from religions, that are brought up in uh, religious faiths, uh, afraid of dying and going to heaven or going to hell. Are they going to go to hell or are they going to go to heaven? And we touched on this a little bit tonight, in, but I'm going to bring it home which is that we're so worried about where we're going to go that we're actually living in hell on earth. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's profound because we're so, we're so busy worried about what it's going to be like on the other side that we're not living our best life. Mm-hmm. You're in pain here. You know, I've said this before. We're either living to die or we could be dying to live. And I'll tell you what, I spent most of my life living to die. Mm. And today, I embrace dying to live, meaning I wake up, I'm excited for my day. I'm passionate about the work I do today. On most days, I'm full. Not because I overate, but because I connected. I connected with other people. I met them. Not in their head, but I meet them in their heart. And I'll tell you what, I don't think I'd want to be doing anything in my life other than what I'm doing right here, right now. So get out of your head. Get into your heart. Open your heart. Connect. Live. Love. Move. Dance. Sing. Hug. Live your best life. And one last thing, clean up your side of the street. If you've got unresolved issues with people that are important in your life, mm-hmm. not knowing if they're going to have a sudden death or if it's going to be a long, drawn-out, painful death, do what you can do to make peace in your heart with them. Find compassion in your heart to forgive them if they've hurt you or harmed you in your life at any level. And do what you can do to clean up your side of the street so that at least if they go before you, you could be at peace with your relationship with that person. That has really been my personal crusade over the last couple of years to do what I can do to clean up my side of the street with people in my life, including my own mom, who's 87 years old. At least my relationship with her, if I can clean it up and be at peace. At least I know she can rest in peace with me and my relationship. And even if the parent has transitioned on the other side, I've said this before, I've got a healthy relationship with my father today and when he was alive. And I'm at peace with it. And I know how to connect with him and I do. And I'm grateful for that opportunity that I finally woke up and it was time for me to show up and grow up and do my part to do some housework, clean, make amends where you need to, find forgiveness in your heart so that there's no guilt and there's no shame. Instead, they can rest in peace and you could rest in peace on earth. And with that, I love you guys. Great to be back, brothers. I wanna thank our, our viewers for joining us this evening. Uh, this has been one of those show topics that, uh, you know, it doesn't bring us home dancing uh, because it's part of life. You know, this we're all going to face it sooner or later, and we might as well be talking about it. So at least we can embrace it with love in our heart. And with that, viewers, if you heard what you like to love, please share it out in your community. Otherwise, uh, join us next week on our next episode, 174. But for now, thank you for joining us on Real Men, Real Talk. Ah! Wow.